Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. There are actually three Masses prescribed for the celebration of Jesus' birth. Tonight, this is our first Mass. It is prescribed to be done at night, in the dark. There's a tradition that tells us that our Savior was born at night. The next Mass is prescribed just at the break of day, as the morning light begins to rise. And the third Mass is prescribed to be held in the full light of day. And there's something quite literally revealed in this arrangement of beginning in the dark and coming progressively into the full light of day. Perhaps the best description of what transpired when our eternal God and Creator crossed over into our world through the womb of the Blessed Virgin is that a great light shone in the darkness. He is that light. He is that pure, eternal, blinding, majestic light. And we in this world, in contrast, we are in darkness. And our world is a world of darkness, an abyss of darkness, of hopelessness, meaninglessness. It is a groping about in darkness. It is a place of darkness where death ruled, sin and hatred and murder and betrayal ruled, the demons ruled, where man was utterly enslaved. This was our darkness. How dark was our darkness. And into this darkness, and this is the theme of Christmas, into this very darkness came a light. The light of the world. And as John tells us, the darkness could not overcome it. Now this light came literally at the darkest hour. In the night, and that's why we are here, in the night, this night, to welcome the Savior, the baby Jesus, into our dark world. It is also notable the time of year. We know that this time of year, these are the shortest days of the year. Right about this season, the darkest and shortest days, and from now on they will grow longer and lighter. So we have these three masses of Christmas. The first in the dead of night, in the dark, the second at dawn, and the third in the full light of day. And when we think about how the light, Jesus Christ, came into this world, we realize that he didn't burst into the world and overtake it in one moment of absolute and immediate force. It came gently, small, hiddenly even, cloaked in the flesh of a baby, a small flame, not a raging fire, a very small flame. And yet it grows, it grows this flame, this light in our dark world, just like our masses grow from midnight to dawn to the full light of day. We have in this very liturgical experience an expression of how the light of Christ comes and spreads throughout this world. 
But not just the world, it's also true for our lives, your life and my life. Christ is born in you just as you are born again in him. And the light of his presence in your life, it grows and it illumines you. And it brings you ultimately to a consummation of your salvation at the end when you will go to meet him and you will be transformed into pure light. But we're not there yet. Well, we all know that. We all have the light, enough light to see clearly. We have the light of vision to see the promise that awaits us. We also have a foretaste. We have the light of a foretaste of what we shall be. But we still for now live in hope of what we shall become. I have heard this year especially many people express that the season of Advent and Christmas is their favorite liturgical season. And as I thought about it, I have to admit a bit sheepishly that I think perhaps this is my favorite season as well. I say sheepishly, as soon as I admitted that to myself, I felt a little uneasy about it. I thought, why do I feel uneasy about that? And I thought, well, Easter should be my favorite season. <laughs> but if I'm being honest, Christmas, something about Christmas touches the heart. And I began, you know, I mean, Easter is certainly the high point of the church year. It's the consummation of everything. It is the final victory. And yet, there's something that grabs the heart in Christmas. And I began to wonder why Christmas and the birth of Jesus touches us in such an intimate and personal way. Because many people told me the same thing. Maybe it's because, maybe it's because this is the age of our present reality. Maybe we can relate to Christ in the crib. Oh yes, we know the resurrected Lord. He is with us. He is in us. We even feed on him. We call on him daily. But he is, what he is now, is what we shall become in the next age. We are not yet what he is now. Maybe that's why Christmas touches us in such an immediate way. Because Jesus the babe somehow corresponds to our present condition. To our time of growing in the light in this dark world. Before our final glorification. I think this is also one of the reasons that we are drawn to the saints. And especially to our blessed mother in prayer and devotion. Certainly we go to Christ. We are intimate with him. We pray to him without ceasing. I call on him a thousand times a day. But that does not exclude our love and devotion for our blessed mother. And the love and the closeness we feel for her is special. There's something special, something intimate there. And I think it's because she's one of us. Jesus Christ is God. He's God. He took flesh. He took humanity. But he's God. Always remember that. He didn't join himself to a human person. He is the eternal word who took flesh and humanity, but he is God. Mary, on the other hand, she's one of us. And we see what he did for her. And we say, if he did that for her, he can do that for us. And there's a certain intimacy 
there and devotion and affection for her. Maybe in a similar way, I don't know. I don't want to go too far with this or try to explain it. But there's something about our connection in the Christmas season with the Christ child, with baby Jesus in his nativity, something that touches us intimately. And it will continue to do so as long as we live in this age. We have been delivered and illumined and set free, but still we are coming out of our darkness and into the light, at least for as long as we are in this mortal flesh. In this mass of the nativity in the night, it will always touch us with sweetness and a poignant hope. The fathers of the church often point to a passage in the book of wisdom that they consider to be a prophecy of the Savior's birth at night. Not only the metaphorical night of the dark and sinful world, but the literal night on which he was born. That very night which we relive tonight. It says, for while all things were in quiet silence, and the night was in the midst of her course, thy almighty word leapt down from heaven, from thy royal throne, as a fierce conqueror, into the midst of the land of destruction. There is also this Latin hymn from the 4th century expressing the, expressing the same belief that our Lord's birth was in the middle of the night. It says, When the midnight, dark and still, wrapped in silence, vale and hill, God the Son, through virgin's birth, following the Father's will, started life as man on earth. The nighttime mass honors the son's eternal generation from the father. The dawn mass celebrates his birth into this world. And the third mass in the daytime recognizes his birth through love in the hearts of his followers. The son is eternally begotten of the father without a mother. He is begotten again now of a mother without a father. He receives his divinity from the father and he receives his flesh from his mother. But he is still being born in those of us who love him. He is born in us and we are becoming his very body in this world. He is the light, but now we are the light. We are him. He is in us. And we are in him. And we are to be lights in the world. And this world is still dark. And we are to be lights in it. On the feast of the Savior's birth. What does Saint Ambrose look out and see and declare? He says, behold the beginning of the rising church. That's what he sees. The very body of Christ. The rising church. Christ is born and the shepherds begin their watch. They gather the flocks of the Gentiles like newborn lambs into sheepfold of the Lord, protecting them from the incursion of spiritual wild beasts that prowl in the dark night. And rightly do the shepherds watch, as instructed by the good shepherd. The flock is the congregation, and the night is the world, and the shepherds are the priests. Or perhaps he to whom it was said, be watchful and strengthen, might be the shepherd. 
For the Lord has not only appointed bishops to watch over his flock, he has stationed the angels as well. What we are doing here tonight is real. This is real. This is very real. Our creator became a human baby in the womb of a young virgin girl named Mary at the message of an angel. And he grew into a man and he died on a cross and he rose again and he ascended into heaven. And there he makes constant intercession for us. This is real. And the knowledge of this, it must change us. It must impact how we live and who we are. We cannot go on as if this is a fairy tale. As if it just didn't happen. It happened. And it's all that really matters. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Christ is born. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.